we pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for accepting us, for choosing us. We thank you that you are our shepherd. We thank you that we have no wants and needs in life. We thank you that we can never be disadvantaged in life. We thank you that the lines are falling onto us in pleasant places. We thank you that goodness and mercy pursues us all the days of our life. And we thank you that we can call you Father and that you call us your children. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Good evening and it's always a privilege and joy for us to have this discussion and indeed his words are sweeter than honey and more precious than the choices gold we have been doing our study on let this mind be in you and tonight is the second episode and we would like to invite our mama even as she continues with us on this study on let this mind be in you a perusal of Philippians chapter 2 particularly from the verse number five following to Mama Bene. Blue. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much. We pray that Christ be exalted and I thank God for the opportunity. So as Sam said, we began a, a new series last week. Let this mind be new. And so we are studying Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11 in the context of what Paul said in um, the preceding verses. That's the verses 1 to 4. And so Paul is admonishing the believers the believers in Philippi to um, get along in humility and selflessness. They should value others better than themselves. And in effort to explain himself more, he decided to give an example of someone who portrayed that particular um, virtue so nicely. And then, so he quoted um, a popular um, poem amongst the early church believers called the Messiah's Poem. And then, they, they sang it as a hymn as well. So our focus last week was on verse 5, which says, Let this mind be you, which was also in Christ Jesus Christ. And so if we as believers, we want to model Christ's, um, Christ's acts of humility and selflessness, we have to be able to think as he does, because as you the way you think influences um, your actions. So if you want to act like Jesus Christ, you have to um, learn to think 
um, as he does and then as you think as he does, your actions will be influenced to be more and more Christ-like because as you think, so are you. And so um, we'll continue this night, um, tonight with them. Um, the next verse, chapter six, they'll be considering chapter six and we're considering chapter six under the subtopic, how did Jesus think? And so sometimes you may be reading the, in the Bible, the scriptures, let's say the gospels, and you may have wondered like what's going on in Jesus' mind or what's he thinking about, why he's why is he doing little? And tonight we take a little, like a tiny little peek into his mind, what he was actually thinking, or why he did certain things that he did. And so, if you have your Bibles, we are um, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter two, two verse six. I'm reading here. It says, "Who being." in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. You know, I like the, let's read the passage all over um, from five to 11. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has exalted him and given him the name above, sorry, the name which is above every other name. That's at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord the glory of God the Father. So this gives a vivid description of Jesus Christ, who he is. And so um, the, we are considering the verses 6, and it says, who being in the form of God, do not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And so we are taking it phrase by phrase. <clears throat> They're taking a phrase by phrase. And the first thing everyone has to know about Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ was and is God. And that fact can never be overemphasized. And I love how an Amplified Version puts it. It says, who being essentially one with God and in the form of God. So um, because um, this word form, it doesn't talk about um, just um, physical appearance of, let's say, size and shape. In this context, it's quite different. It's, it means nature. So Jesus Christ is in the form of God, means that he has the nature of God. He possesses the fullness of the attributes that makes God, God. So you can talk of self-sufficiency, self-sustenance. Jesus possessed all of that. And you can also talk about the own is like omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. Jesus Christ possessed all that. And so he was truly God in every way he was God. And the Bible says, although he was in the form of God <clears throat> and equal with God, and that's what's in the God's word version says, that he was in the form of God and he was also equal with God and this God here in this context is um, God the Father so Jesus Christ was God and he was equal with God the Father equal in the sense that they both had the attributes 
or the rights of God. So they both also share the position or the title God. And when you look at um, John chapter 1, verse 1, we, we all have memorized it in one way or the other. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I've shortened it. And so when you also look at um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it also says that in him dwells the fullness of deity. So the fact that Jesus Christ is God cannot be dealt with. He is God, he was God, and he's forever going to be God. Yeah, so the first phrase is who being the form of God, and I think we've talked about that. The second phrase is did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And um, the robbery here means seize or like saying um, something you cling to or something you hold tightly to. So Jesus was at the highest um, status, the highest status that he can ever be, which is God. But he didn't hold on to that particular um, status. He didn't hold so tightly to it that he wouldn't let it go. He didn't use it for his own benefit. So Jesus Christ, he didn't, he doesn't, or he didn't hold on to, let's say, titles or degrees or ranks as some of us um, do. And you see, you see when um, someone ascends into a position or a place of power, and let's say in a business or even in the church, the person is given, let's say, a title or a name. Sometimes some people call um, others boss, others call them, let's say, a manager. And even in, in the church, some people are called, let's say, bishop, reverend, prophet. Some people hold so tightly onto these positions that when you fail to call them, let's say, boss, when you fail to call them prophet, when you fail them to call, when you fail to call them sire or madam, they feel offended in their way. But not so with Jesus Christ. And um, these people feel offended because they have clung to this particular um, title. They have held so much onto this particular title, but Jesus Christ did not hold on to these titles. And so some people, for some people, like to be called a doctor, to be called a professor, is sort of like their goal in life. So all they are doing or whatever they are doing is so that they can have a hold of titles or in positions and ranks. So, yeah, learning tonight and um, our scripture tonight um, is saying that Jesus Christ is God. He had the highest position of God, but he did not cling to this particular position of um, being a God or yeah, of being a God or being in the place of highest authority. And so based on this um, truth or knowledge that we have acquired, we can identify two um, at least two. I'm saying at least because if you will look at the scripture critically, you may find more. So at least two attitudes or Jesus Christ. And the first one we'll talk about today is humility. Humility. And um, John Piper, he gives a, um, a very, very profound um, definition of humility. He says that humility is the opposite of self-entitlement. Humility is the opposite of self-entitlement, or let's say the absence of self-entitlement. And a lot of time, um, a lot of us walk through life with a self, a sense of self-entitlement that people owe us. Let's say you owe me a smile when you see me, you owe me respect, you owe me, let's say, some sort of good behavior or being nice. And that's why I'm 
initially the people who um, cling on to their titles if you fail to call them let's say by their titles they feel offended because they feel you owe them let's say calling them and um, by those titles you owe them some sort of respect yeah so um if you are humble to be humble means you do not have this sort of sense of self-entitlement a lot of us we have this sort of self-entitlement we think our parents owe us money we think our parents owe us good education we think our parents or people owe us um, smiles we think people owe us some um, good behavior and so when we are not able to get these things from people these things that we think we deserve these things that we think people owe us and we get angry and we get upset at them because hey I demand good behavior from you you are not giving it to me I demand money from you you are not giving it to me I'm referring to parents so um if you have the basic orientation of um this you owe me attitude people owe you and so because someone offends you you think the person owes you good behavior and so if the person does not give you the good behavior or step on your toes in a way like you feel so offended and angry as a person why did you do that to me why did you do that to me so if you have this basic orientation of you owe me attitude it means you are not humble so let's contrast it um, with jesus christ the bible says jesus christ was um god he was in the highest place of authority and um, colossians says that by him all things were made and they were all things were made through him all things were made for him yes he didn't go around telling people or demanding respect and recognition from others so he, he wasn't saying hey don't you know i'm god like save me don't you know i'm god like worship me he he walked on the streets of um, um galilee and then the capinium he saw the trees he saw the people there and he could he, i think i um as i think i was i'm like jesus guys like you created um people you created um, um how do i call it the land so as he walks through these streets he saw the trees and he said and he knew that this tree i made this tree he he saw the people and he said and he knew that by um by by my power these people have life but um he didn't um go around demanding that these people should worship him and Some, some of these people that he created, some of these men that he created dishonored him, they insulted him. He didn't go about saying, don't you know me? Do you, do you know who I am? Like, do you know who I am? Do you know I'm the one who made you? Do you know it's, my, it's by my power that you are breathing? No, he wasn't having that sort of self-entitlement that because let's say i'm god or because i think i'm in a higher position all of you bow down and worship me that's not what jesus christ did and so even he had um a, in the loneliness of mind he didn't have that particular self sense of self-entitlement and even as god he came so low he, he came low and low so so low that he was willing to endure the abuse of those he could have just destroyed with just a snap of his fingers and so like you have to <laughs> thank god for jesus he's so so humble and so um yeah he's 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 very humble we have to thank god 
for Jesus Christ and emulate his humility. And earlier we said that Jesus Christ was also equal with God. And so he was here, yeah, he was equal with the Father. Yet when the decision came that um, let's say one of us should have um, have to come to the earth and die for men, Jesus didn't say, Well, I'm equal to you, so you go to the earth. Or let's say if you want people so badly, or if you want man to be um, um, your, your children so badly, if you want to be a father so badly, well, you go to the earth, you go and die. I'm not going anywhere because I'm equal to you. Jesus didn't have that sort of mentality or he, those thoughts didn't even come to his mind. And so he had no self-entitlement or demanded respect from people. And yeah, and on the, you see, on the night of um, uh, the night Jesus Christ washed and the feet of the disciples, Peter was like, no, don't wash my feet, don't wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, I have to wash your feet because if I don't wash your feet, it means you are not mine. And later he said that um, even as your teacher, even as the one who is um, in the one in the highest authority, I'm stooping so low to wash your feet. So um, in a sense, he's trying to say that um, you have no excuse to say, well, this job is for the lay people or this job is for the common floor people in court. So because I'm an executive, because I'm a leader, oh, I can't do this job. Jesus is saying this no such thing as well and there's no such position or no such place of authority that exempts you from serving or yeah or from serving or from um um, um, um coming down to um add value to their lives of others so positions don't really matter much um to god god is not impressed with oh i'm a leader oh i'm an executive oh i'm a prophet god is not impressed with that he's impressed with your servitude come down come down like jesus christ came down so i want to ask you whether you have clung to your um, your title that you're unwilling to let go you have so much clung to your title because you think well when I, I become a leader there's no room for me or I don't have to serve anymore if that's your mentality um, it's no way called um, humility it's rather pride and Sam Dola talked about um, one aspect of humility some time ago about putting people into classes and because um, the proud people who are proud they cling so much to titles they value classes and um, categorize people so oh well oh you are well to do so I can associate with you oh you are an Ashanti so I can associate with you you are an ever or not associate with you but you see um, Jesus Christ defied all the odds once again in the Jewish communities lepers were outcasts they weren't um, supposed to mix with them the other people who were healthy and but Jesus Christ did not shun them away when he came to him in fact in Mark chapter 1 verse 42 41 Jesus Christ even touched a leper and he related well with tax collectors as well and these tax collectors were known to be sinners he also related well with the religious except those who were so stubborn yeah and those who were so stubborn so and um, Nicodemus even came to him to then when you look at um, John chapter 3 and he also related to the poor and the rich alike women were viewed and um, were not viewed in, in very highly 
in, in during Jesus' time in the Jewish community, but Jesus treated them with so, so much respect. And in Luke chapter 8, you, the Bible gives examples of um, women, prominent women, who played very, very major roles in Jesus' ministry. So Jesus is also mighty in humility, and he's an example we all have to learn from. And this attitude is what, um, of Jesus Christ, is what Paul is teaching us, that we have to adapt, that we shouldn't have um, uh, an you owe me mindset or mentality that we should not cling to titles, we should not cling to positions, that we should serve in spite of our position. You are never too high to serve another. The second, and so I think I'm done with the humility now. My friends will talk more about it. And the second attitude, which seems very related to the humility is selflessness. And I like it so much. And when I think I'm in the Garden of Eden, sorry, in the Garden series, um, we, we did it um, weeks ago, so you can check it out. In the Garden series, I mentioned one of the one effects of um, the fall of man, which is um, self-centeredness. And we are so concerned and we are driven by self that every action is ultimately to fulfill our selfish desires. And you see the common example I found, I, sorry, I realized um, a few days ago is then the issue with um, networking. The popular aim of like um, networking or making friends, a lot of now and these days most people talk about it networking and making friends the popular aim is so that in future you can get someone to lean on to support the popular aim is so that you can get people to buy your products when you are selling products or for people to connect you to opportunities and all that and so this and there's another goal the goal of um, networking as a means of adding value to other people's life is so so unpopular very very few people have the motive that I'm networking, I'm making friends so that I will have so I'll have people I can add value to. And so yeah, we are self-centeredness. Sorry, we are self-centered, but Jesus is under-centered. His actions were influenced by one, the desire to add value to other people's lives by to, to help others. And the second one was the desire to please God. And that should be our goal that we should. Um, add value to people's lives and that we should um, please God in the easy ERV um, version. ERV. He reads the verse 6 this way. It says, um, he was like God in every way, but he did not think that his being equal with God was something to use for his own benefit. And I'm considering the to use for his own benefit. And this, this particular phrase clearly teaches self, um, 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 other-centeredness that Jesus Christ wasn't self-centered. He wasn't doing this to um he wasn't doing whatever he was doing or having the thought of doing things to benefit himself see and um okay let me relate it to this you see um in philippi in the context paul was talking to people um based on a quarrel or misunderstanding that they were having in the church and so you see a lot of times we get angry 
or we are hurt by people's actions and we react negatively and we become upset and we end up insulting them or doing things which are not very, very good. And it's because we are thinking about ourselves, we are thinking about how hurt we are, how we have been mistreated. Yeah, but the focus. But if we would focus, um, if we will shift the focus from ourselves and then we'll focus on the other person, probably our anger will go down because we will know that perhaps the person didn't do it intentionally. If the person did something to hurt you, perhaps it wasn't intentional. Perhaps the person is now even remorseful. Perhaps the person did not mean to hurt you. It wasn't his intention to hurt you. Or the person may also be hurting as well. So, um, and you, you let's we can learn this one also from God. You see, when man was um, an enemy of God, God did not think just of himself. He didn't think of he, he didn't think of how bad man had betrayed him or how hurt he was. Instead, he thought of man and and he said, "How can I help this man? Even though man has um, hurt me, how can I make?" man's life better and romans chapter 5 verse 8 it says it so nicely it says that god demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners while we're still enemies of god while god was still angry with us because we had hurt him he died for us so he wasn't thinking just of himself because if he was thinking just of himself he would have wiped out the entire human race and so god thought of us even in his head and i love how jesus christ also demonstrated this nicely even yeah he he did in romans 5 but it on the cross you see on the cross he was weighed down by the burden of sin he was forsaken of the father he was experiencing so so much pain but then jesus looked at his mother mary and he saw the pain in her eyes the pain of him seeing her child um, um, who did nothing wrong to be treated in that way, lying on the cross, lying a shameless death. He, he saw the, um, the need of Mary and he said to Mary, woman, your son, son, your mother was referring to John. So even his, in his worst days, Jesus wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking of the, the, the needs of Mary. So he entrusted the care of his mother, Mary, to someone he really trusted, which is um, um, John. And so Jesus, yeah, he's so nice. And he did it so nicely. And so, yeah, in his worst days, like in his worst days, he thought of others. And even on the same cross, amidst all the sufferings, he looked at the soldiers and who mocked him, who were, uh, who were mocking him. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Sometimes, like, really how can i also do this like jesus guys because it sounds so different from what we have come to know yeah so he wasn't concerned about himself on the cross he looked at these soldiers and he saw their need and because these soldiers had sinned they were um, blaspheming they were insulting jesus Christ. because these soldiers had sinned their greatest need at that particular time was forgiveness and Jesus Christ satisfied their need. He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they, um, they are doing. And so when you read them, the verses, I'm talking about Philippians, Philippians 2 um, verses um, 4, and it says that do not look out for your own interest. And even the initial one that um, you should look out for the others of 
for the you should look out for the interests of others. You should esteem others more important than yourself. It sounds so far fetched. It sounds so unreal. But when you look at Jesus's life, and then as we are looking now, you see that um, it's actually possible. And Jesus Christ has modeled this behavior for us, and He wants us to also be other centered, other centered as he he was and so he valued others more important than himself by placing others needs them um, first and this is what um self um sorry and this is what selflessness is all about so um jesus said um if anyone in in matthew he said that if anyone um come after me he ought to deny himself and then denying yourself means i have to um, take yourself off the equation. Don't focus on yourself. Focus on the needs of others. Focus on pleasing others. So always think of ways to um, improve the lives of others. You see, it sounds quite difficult, but then truly, and truly it's not very easy, but we have the help of the Holy Spirit and we have Jesus' life to learn from. So we are good to go. It's not easy, but God is with us. So we'll be able to do it. So um, it's, it sounds difficult, but then it's very, very rewarding. You see, in our sin, if God had thought of how hurt he was and he had got um, so angry and then he had decided to destroy the entire human race, like we would have all been gone. But then Jesus, um, but, but you see the acts of um, other-centeredness that um, God portrayed by, by dying on the cross, by taking the focus of himself and dying on the cross and meeting our needs. You see, today many, many people serve God wholeheartedly because of what God had done. If he had destroyed us, like he would have been gone. But then because of his acts of self-centeredness, many, many people, hundreds and thousands and millions of people are willing to die for the cause of Christ, are willing to give their lives all to God. And even a lot of people have already done it. We have masters and we have lots of people who have done so, so much for God. And so self um, selflessness is very, very rewarding. And I learned this truth in friendship. I initially complained that, so oh, I'm shy, I'm boring, I can't make friends, I can't engage people, until someone advised me that um, I should take the focus off myself, and then I should focus on me, that I shouldn't focus on the fact that, oh, I'm shy, or my weakness, or even my strength, I should engage the other person, and, and engage the other person to talk more of himself, because as humans, we are, um, how do I call it? Yeah, we are self-centered. So everyone wants to talk about himself. So engage the person. Let the person um, talk about his interests. Show genuine um, concern by listening to the person and suggesting ways to better the life of that particular person. I learned that it's so, so rewarding. It got sometimes I even felt as though I'm a pro in like making friends, like making new friends or engaging people to talk. So selflessness may seem quite difficult but it's very very rewarding it's very very fulfilling and so you have to love others you have to care for others you have to esteem others better than ourselves you have to continually seek ways to add value to the lives of others as Jesus did. This is the way of, this way of thinking as obviously is so different from the view or the the the, the view um, of the world but then 
this is Jesus's way and we have to follow him. And lastly, one reason why you shouldn't um, be afraid to be other self, um, sorry, to be other centered or to be selfless is because God loves you and care for you. And I learned this from um, Dr. Miles, Dr. Miles Morrow. He said that to care for someone means that um, to anticipate and need and to fulfill it. So let's say if God tells um, husbands to love their wives and care for them, God is saying that um, husbands should always be on the lookout. What's my wife going to need next? What's my wife going to need next? And should provide. And so, um, um, God also loves man, the world, and He loves man. The Bible says that Christ was slain before the foundations of the earth. So, when God created the world, He cared for man. He cared for man and loved man in the and in creation. And because He cared for man and loved man, He anticipated a need and He fulfilled it. And that need was well, man created man, and man is um um. um um, um, has a will, so man may decide to choose against me. So because of this need that I, am, I found, let me provide um, um, a solution or, yeah, let me provide a solution to this need. And then he slayed Jesus Christ and from the foundations of the earth. So even before creation, even before God created man, he cared for man by providing for man's needs even before man um, was ever created. So I want to encourage you that um, God cares for you. And so day by day, he's anticipating what you may need and he has provided. You are so, so lucky because God thought of you and provided your needs even before he created you. That's how much God loves you and cares for you. So don't worry um, about um, giving your all or focusing on others and focusing on pleasing God and not yourself as you think of others or as you um, decide to meet the needs of others. Your needs are met by God. So don't worry. Learn from Jesus Christ by adopting the mindset of um, humility and selflessness. Don't entertain the you owe me attitude. You owe me attitude. Paul says that we should owe everyone love. <laughs> Sounds favorite verse, I think, that you, you owe no one nothing but love. So um, no one owes us, but we owe people and we owe them an obligation to love and to respect them. Why do we owe them this obligation? It's because God, who um, owed us nothing but hell, he owed us nothing, God owed us nothing but hell, um, but hell, he didn't um, give us hell. He decided to give us heaven instead. He died for you. And now this same God is telling you that follow my lead. Think like Jesus Christ by becoming humble and becoming selfless. Amen. <laughs> so I'll end here and then I'll let some and, and my other friends to continue. God willing, next week we'll continue. Thank you. Amen. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. Wow. Indeed, the words are sweeter than honey and are more precious than the choices of gold. Let this mind be on you. You would invite Benji, even as he gives his commentary on verse 6 that we have been used this evening, Benji. Thank you very much for this um, privilege. I believe um, learned a lot from today's um, study. And 
I would like to share a little that I also want us to learn. And I think um, humility is a very huge and interesting topic that I think we should pay a lot of attention to as um, Christians and also people of the body of Christ. There are a whole lot of theories and then teachings that a lot of people have coined about the subject and it is very interesting. And most of us think of humility as um, uh, being an introvert or being a phlegmatic, but I think humility goes way beyond those two characters, yeah. I think the last time someone's been saying that some people think that poverty or nothingness means you are humble. Yeah, even though those things can actually humble you, but it's far more than that. And from the scripture, it says that we should follow um, Jesus Christ or have that same mind, even though he was or he was equal with God. He did not take it as robbery to be like him, but he humbled himself. And it took a lot of, um, should I say, courage for Jesus Christ to descend or condescend and come and live with men. It was something that even the angels of God couldn't understand. And the psalmist once wrote about saying that what is man that Thou art mindful of him, and even the son of man that thou visitest him. It was, it's, it was just mind-boggling for the creator of the universe to descend into a body and then live among, live among his creation. Yeah. So um, I just want to touch on one scripture. Um, when you read Proverbs chapter, 22 verse 4 it says by humility and the fear of the lord are riches and honor and life yeah so humility has a lot of benefits for the lord has a lot of blessing that he gives to people that are humble yeah but it looks like a, a lot of people a lot of christians most of our characters are released when we get into higher positions and then portfolios, yeah. So you see somebody and the person had a very good character, but once you give the person, but once the person rises to higher position, when the person begins to get wealth, fame, and then prosperity, you see the person, what the actual or the real character of the person will be actually be revealed. Realize that the person wasn't actually humble, it was his previously that was just making him act the way he was. Yeah. So I just want to entreat us that we should follow in the steps of Jesus Christ. And even as Paul said, that we should imitate him, even as he imitates Christ. Yeah. So humility is very key in this our work. I think in the book of James, I want to end with the scripture. That says we should humble ourselves before the Lord, and in due time, He's going to exalt us because 
know what uh, you know now the Bible says that pride goes before a haughty fall and anyone who is actually proud is actually or you are going to have God coming against you it's a very deadly should I say and that anybody would want to enter into yeah, so I just I'm entreating all of us to take upon ourselves the cloth of humility knowing that God is going to exalt us in due time thank you very much God bless us all Amen Amen God bless you so much um, Baba can you give us a comment okay thank you so as we put the spotlight on Jesus today we know that Jesus is God and everything God wants to do or wanted to do is seen in Jesus so if Jesus himself who is actually God didn't consider it equal to be with God and like rub shoulders on or nag on the people that he came to save I bet we really have no excuse to act in any way or manner contrary to what Jesus expects us to act or think like for example I want to take this scripture from Matthew 25 verse 40 Jesus said whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers you do unto me so if if Jesus even after saving us and everything is being affected by how we react or act towards people then we really have to take the focus of ourselves like Bernice said and then focus on the people that we minister to day by day or get into contact with to affect their lives positively we don't really need to take the glory for ourselves but rather we must let the attitude and the mindset of Christ be seen in everything that we do so if Jesus really emptied himself as he did we too must empty ourselves and then make sure that whatsoever we are doing we are doing it in line and in accordance with his mindset for us and what he wants us to do so probably if you are nagging in your office because maybe you bagged a new degree or you don't respect anyone around you because of some status that you've risen up to there is no need for that as as per the word of god that we've studied today so i plead with us we all may fall guilty in this course one way or the other maybe consciously or unconsciously but we must pray for grace so that we live in line with the mind of christ amen amen and amen god bless you all so much and god bless you all for your commentary so now Ben has been taking us through the mental state or the attitude to which jesus lived his life the, the 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 natural disposition of the heart of Jesus that informed the choices that he made. So I invite Abena even as she gives us a commentary. Thank you very much. So, from what Ben has said, or from the verse we've read today and the discussion so far, I believe Christianity is not when it, when it comes to Christianity. It's not about our positions, 
like Christianity is no respecter of positions, whether in the church or in our society. And Christ showed a very clear example of humility and total submission to God when we read the Philippians 2 verse 6. And even though he was equal to God in terms of position, he came and walked on the earth with us sinners. And the most unbelievable part of all this was that he submitted to the will of God by dying for our sake. Jesus, who was so pure and true, he came and he dirtied himself by taking on our sin. Like, that's very, very deep. Like, when you analyze this and you ask yourself, will I be able to do this? Like, when we look at how humble and selfless Jesus was, I want to ask us whether we are willing to forfeit our positions to work for Jesus because I feel, I think in our Christian world, there's always going to be a point in time that your position will not matter. It will not be about your position or like you have to do something out of your comfort zone which will require you to put your position or your status or whatever it is aside just to work for Jesus. And I wanted to say that sometimes people say they go before God and in all humility and they are very humble and all that. But then we must also realize that our lives is a form of worship to God. So it will get to a point we'll have to cast our crowns and do the will of God, submit to God to be able to live like him and think like him. Thank you. God bless you all so much. God bless you, Abna, for your commentary. So we have been studying on Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you. Paul, through the agency of the word and the spirit, has given us the state of the heart of Jesus as he was living or as he walked on earth. He had a particular mindset that informed the decisions he took, that informed the choices he made. There was a there was a state of heart and there was a mental disposition and a mental attitude that Jesus had that made him live the life. And as people have taken up after him, Paul is telling us that in order for us to be able to be successful in being children of God, we need to have this same mental attitude. And Bernard is taking us through various components that made up their mental attitude of Jesus. And Bennett touched on humility and gave us two cardinal points that it has to do with selflessness and having an attitude that nobody owes you anything. And then she touched on the fact that Jesus did not think it robbery to be equal with God. I remember when I was doing my national service, I was a teaching assistant. One way that God came to work, I went to a department. Then apparently one of our lecturers, who was a doctor, as in a PhD lecturer, had now been promoted to a professor. And I didn't know. So when I went, the secretary gave me an envelope to go and give it to this lecturer. Apparently that was a letter that contained um, his, his information that, oh, the university has now promoted him 
to be a professor. So after handing over, I went. Then during the day, I had to relate with him. I was like, oh, sorry, I forgot what exactly I said. So let's say, oh, doc, your students are waiting for you. The way the man was angry, not sat me down, but the man took his time. He said, do you know what it means to be a professor? Apparently, he had already taken off. You know, in front of every lecture, they have their name tagged on the door. I didn't even notice that they are taking the thing off. I said, in less than 24 hours, he has already moved, <laughs> removed the doctor tag out of his door. He's making them have a new one with professor before it. And the guy was lecturing me on what it takes to be a professor. I said, hey! So what he was doing, he thought it was robbery for a professor to be called a doctor and he had to take his time to lecture me <laughs> on what it means to attain such a title. I said, wow. So you see, that's what it means to take something robbed. So the Bible is simply telling us that Jesus was not robbed. If maybe you mistakenly don't call him God, he doesn't feel like you have robbed him. He doesn't feel like you have downgraded him. He doesn't feel like you have cheated him because of the mental attitude he had. That's why whenever he came to this scene, there was no time that he ever called himself God. In fact, he didn't even call himself the son of God most often. Most often than not, he called himself the son of man. The son of man. He had a particular mental attitude. And this is the mental attitude Paul is telling us to live for God. We need to have this mental attitude because many times we'll be cheated by life or we'll be cheated by people in this life. People will attempt to take us for granted because of who we are. People will attempt to downgrade us because of who we are. People will despise you because of the choices you make. People will look down upon you because of the choices you are making as Christians. And Paul is saying that the only way you can be successful to, I want to give from my comment. There's a system in heaven. It's not literal. <laughs> but there's a monitoring system in heaven that anytime this system detects that a Christian loves something in his life more than he loves God, there will be a beep that maybe so let's say Baba gets married and she begins to love her husband more than God. The, the system Baba's monitor in heaven without doing to be signaling God that please. Somebody is entering into idolatry. So it's as though, and God like So God is always looking out for the things you love. I'll take it again. God is always looking out for the things you love more than Himself. So I always tell people, I always try to tell myself that God always reminds me when I'm beginning to love someone or I'm beginning to love something more than you. And that is what idolatry is. Idolatry is loving what God has given you more than the person. And Jesus had this mental attitude that nothing was robbery. He did not consider anything personal. Many of us are considering your beauty personal. That is why you cannot serve in the church. Because we think we have downgraded you to be an usher. We think we have downgraded you to be a musician. That is why people start in choirs. Most of these top musicians we have in the country the secular ones, most of them started in the church, but a point came, they had outgrown the church. They had become more prim- prominent than the church. They had outshined the church, so the church was below their swag. So now they had to step out of church. They had to step out of Christianity. And that is what the Bible teaches us, that never hold anything so dear to you more than you hold God. And as a child of God, the moment God detects that you love something more than him, then there's an attack over your life. Sweetheart, don't love your spouse more than you love God. 
don't love that career more than you love God. Don't love yourself more than you love God. So Jesus said that unless you deny yourself, you cannot live the life. You want to spend some time in prayer. You want to ask to God. You want to ask of God. That Father always remind us of selflessness and that we always owe people love. Father, whenever we are living our life, every day, all the choices we make as we go to work, as we go to school, as we go to the town, as we buy our shopping, as we are relating with people, Father, remind us that people do not owe us anything, but as the light of the world, we are to give forth light as the salt of the world. We are to bring out silver to the world. And as a city that has been settled upon the hill, we have to bring influence to the world. Father, constantly remind us of selflessness, that the day the tree stops giving out fruit, the tree has become useless. The day the sea stops giving out fish, the sea has become useless. The day the sun stops producing light and heat, it has become useless. So also, the day we stop giving out, the day we stop living out the purposes of God for our life, we become useless before you. Father, we pray for grace that you will continually remind us that the mind which was in Christ will continually be in us, that we will not take things personal. Father, anytime we are beginning to love anything more than you, may you remind us. Father, may we not love anything you have given us more than you. Father, may we not love our spouse more than you. May we not love our career more than you. May we not love our our, our, our degrees more than you. May we not love our statuses more than you. May we not love our accolades more than you. May we not love our families more than you. Father, we pray for grace that every day of our life that we will have this mental attitude, that this will be the natural disposition of our hearts towards you and towards all we do. We pray for grace that, Father, we will never forget that as long as we are children of God, as long as we are born after the image of him who died for us, we would continually have this mental attitude that nothing is of robbery, that we esteem nothing more highly than you. Father, we pray that you will continually give us the energies that we will live in the reality of your word. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We thank you for being around. And God willing, next week we are continuing our study on let this mind be in you. Remember to give God your best and to make sure that the only thing you owe any man is love. Bye-bye. Something more than gold. Something more